Friends, if you can take your seats, we're going to get started in a moment. It's lovely to see you. Um, my name's Andrew, and um, it's my privilege to introduce our session this afternoon. Um, Oliver will be known to some of you, uh, but to others uh, he's not. Oliver is a good friend of mine um, and has been just a profound source of wisdom and encouragement in my life as a leader um, from his extensive experience in kind of leadership development and coaching, working with organizations, uh, charitable sector, kind of commercial sector, local government, national government, just helping uh, sort of develop and uh, really kind of work with leaders at all levels in organizations. That's his kind of bread and butter kind of contribution and work, but also has an experience um, helping businesses grow and develop, um, increasing capacity at sort of top level in terms of coaching, uh, and really just bringing organizational insight and personal insight in terms of uh, our leadership calling and how that makes a difference. And this particularly is focused on uh, the whole thing of uh, entrepreneurs and how we can kind of recognize if that's us and how we might kind of steward that calling. So without further ado, will you join me in welcoming Oliver Nyambu. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. It is a real privilege to be able to come in and, and think together with you and share with you today. So my desire and prayer is that out of this hour we are together, that some seeds will be sown that uh, you might cultivate. Uh, you know, like uh, when, when you look at an acorn, you say how many oak trees are in there, don't you? And uh, so some of our ideas can uh, carry a whole bunch of oak trees. Um, so as Andrew was saying, my, my, um, my, I, I'm a split personality in many ways. So one is I, uh, I'm involved in executive education with Duke Corporate Education, which is a joint venture between London School of Economics and Duke University in the US. And uh, for 12 years has been globally number one as judged by the FT and others around customer education for corporates but also work as an associate with uh, Kellogg College at Oxford. So that's one of the things that I do. The second thing that I do is that at my church, which is uh, Birmingham Vineyard, I just serve in any way that I can. The third thing that I do is I'm a children's worker. And how do I do children's work? I do children's work through this stuff, through uh, entrepreneur stuff. So with some friends, uh, we have... Uh, we're starting businesses, uh, some in Zambia, some here. So one of the initiatives I've been involved with here uh, was inspired by heart surgery technology. Uh, so you, you put it uh, under, uh, you put this technology underground and remove uh, the lead piping, the cor uh, corroded lead piping, and re replace it with a resin without digging. And, uh, and so given that we lose the equivalent of uh, a Wembley Stadium every day in England to uh, leaks, uh, it's a really interesting area. Uh, but also uh, with some friends I'm involved in uh, where we're starting some uh, business projects in, in Zambia, trying to rethink poverty from a biblical perspective in terms of tackling poverty. So, um, so for, for the team of which I'm a part, we're thinking, uh, maybe tackling poverty is the wrong way for us to understand things. Maybe we need, because if, if, if uh, extreme poverty is $1.25 a day, uh, what does overcoming poverty mean? $1.30 a day? So we feel something more biblical is uh, promoting human flourishing from a biblical perspective. 
So then we say, we say not how many people have we lifted out of poverty, we say how many people have we ushered into human flourishing. And the measures of that are different. So like in, 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 in Egypt, they had not enough. In the wilderness, they had just enough. In, 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 in the promised land, they had more than enough. So, and, 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 and the Bible says a good man provides an inheritance for his children's children. So th that's, those are some of the time horizons for financial planning. So it, it begins to be a really interesting way to, to, uh, to do it. So we, um, so we, our first project is uh, we, we started a mining company. Uh, and uh, only stupid people do mining. And uh, I've never seen anything more hungry for resources uh, myself. But, uh, but it's been really, really interesting. We've been thinking, how do we design this thing so that in 30, 50, 100 years' time, we don't have someone come on board and, uh, and subvert the, uh, the, the social and spiritual objectives that we have that sit alongside the commercial objectives? So we've, we, we, we've, we've given our foundation that we started there, which is called Second Future, which is saying children have a future right now. We don't like that future. We want to offer them an alternative. And uh, so uh, our, our group structure has uh, uh, our foundation with a golden share. The golden share means that over the next 100 years, people who are coming in to run the commercial enterprise are not allowed to change the, the, the objects and, uh, without consultation with the foundation. So that's some of the stuff that we're talking about. But, but uh, I just think this is really, really important for us in the vineyard because, friends, we can't afford our dreams, our God-given dreams. We really, really can't. And this model of uh, offerings and special offerings just will not do it. So let me, uh, so uh, I, I'm preoccupied with how do we raise the resources necessary to fulfill three God-given mandates? And, uh, and, 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 and I'll, uh, so, um, so he, here's how I've, I've tried to, uh, to help myself think about this, that in the middle, uh, in terms of the mandate in the middle is you taking care of your family. In Timothy there, it says, if you don't take uh, care of your family, you're worse than an, an unbeliever, okay? And the second one out there is you and I taking care of the body of Christ. In Matthew 25, um, you know, 35 to 45, Jesus says, you saw me hungry, you saw me naked, and uh, you saw me a prisoner, and you took care of me. You saw me needing water. Well, we can begin to put some numbers on that. So just the water thing, uh, if... Um, it, Around the world right now, if, if we wanted to provide a one-off solution for people, and let's say it's one pound, okay, uh, to people without safe drinking water today, we would need 2.1 billion pounds. That's how many people do not have safe drinking water around the world. So th this thing is, is, is big stuff. We really need to think differently. And uh, I don't think when Jesus said, you know, uh, a cup of water, he meant just a one-off. I think he meant an abiding solution. And uh, so uh, similarly with clothes, um, in, in, in India, during the winter, uh, there are more deaths than in the summer. And one of the reasons is because of uh, clothing, people not having sufficient clothing. And, um, and for some people, their clothing is their shelter for the very poor. 
and really interesting research uh, in that area. So to me, we need to be able to say, Lord, we want to understand your spiritual insights, but also give us the data, give us the numbers here. We want to be hungry for the data. And then the whole world, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, the one translation says, um, in, through you, because of your obedience, every family on the earth will be blessed. Hey, pretty cool, don't you think? And that's repeated in Acts chapter 3, verse 25. Every family on earth. That's why I'm a children's worker. I want every child to come home to a family-dignifying wage. And, uh, and then Jeremiah 29, 7, it says, You must pray and work for the peace and prosperity of the city. Peace and prosperity go hand in hand. So, um, so I'm suggesting to you, dear friends, that one of the things that's interesting to me is that the middle bit in the Matthew 25, Jesus does not appear to even be giving a command. He just uh, is expressing an expectation. He says, I know you will do this, won't you? So, um, so in this sense, uh, part of what really brought this home for me in our church in Birmingham Vineyard, I'd spoken on financial flexibility, the importance of it. And this couple came afterwards and, uh, and we were praying for them. And terror in their eyes. And uh, he said, uh, uh, we've never been irresponsible, uh, but uh, our rent has just been put up, marked up big time uh, without consultation. I don't know what to do. And you know what? I couldn't offer him anything. I don't like that. Uh, friends, I have tried poverty and I don't like it. In fact, in Luke chapter 4, it's the first time we have the gospel mentioned in the ministry of Jesus. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. That is rooted in Isaiah chapter 61. And it's not just some airy-fairy spiritual stuff. There's some very practical projects like building, uh, you know, uh, Farming and uh, gardens and uh, foreign currency. And uh, it's just really, really interesting when you analyze that piece. So, um, so the resources that are needed for this are huge. Where, where we are working in, in one African country, I've just felt like, for me, the challenge was that every child in that one province, which is the size of uh, Malaysia, just the province, Every child in that province, over the next 5, 10, 50 years, should have their life transformed because of us having been there. Not because of us giving them aid, but because of us transforming their lives. So, like what? Like in, in, in 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, verses 1 to, se to 6 or 7, uh, you remember the, this woman comes to Elisha, she's in financial difficulty, and, uh, and, 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 and her husband, the prophet, has died, and the creditor has come, and is going to take away her children, and to qualify as children, they had to be 12 and, or, and under, and this is a crisis. God works a miracle. And in verse 5, she says, the oil has stopped flowing. And in verse 6, what does God say through the prophet? Three things. He says, go and sell the oil. So there was a, a trading mechanism there. Not aid. 
uh, pay off your debts. God was fixing her balance sheet. And you live on the rest. God was fixing her cash flow. So for me, it has led me to believe that unless I help people fix their balance sheet, their cash flow, and, uh, and, and I have not helped them. Okay? So, uh, and, and one, of my, one of my favorite, favorite women in the Bible of all time is in Proverbs 31. Can you guess which one she is? No, sorry? No, no, it's not that woman. Oh, no, but you see, everyone, 99% of people go for the woman of noble character. In the first two verses of Proverbs 31, you have the, the, the mother of, of the king who is telling her son, the first part of Proverbs 31, she gives him a master class in leadership, general master class. And, uh, and, 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 and in, in the rest of it, she gives him a case study, a made-up case study of this businesswoman who had savvy. Isn't that wonderful? So she knew how to trade. She knew how to uh, negotiate. She knew how to make profit. She knew how to create employment. She knew how to care for the poor. She knew how to uh, do foreign trade with the traders. Just, and she knew how to plan so that actually the winter was not a threat to her. Just uh, really amazing in terms of the Bible's interest in these things. So let's think about where, how are we situated in the vineyard in terms of um, um, how, um, how we generate resources. Can you see? Do you need me to remove this? Okay. So I'm suggesting to you that at any given time, our people are in one or more of these categories. Uh, for the sake of those uh, who are on the tape and cannot see this, we, we, we have a table on the, on, on the screen, which is uh, four categories on the, uh, on, the, on the left and two on the right. So on the left, this is uh, wage-based. And on the right, this is asset-based. And in Leviticus, we see an asset-based economy. And one of the things we need in, in, in Vineyard is we need to have leverage in terms of the resources we can use for the dreams God has put on our hearts. So you have the unemployed. We have them in our churches. But they're dignified enough not to cry out, but they're crying on the inside. And then we have people in the gig economy, which is as good as working on a plantation, really. And um, it doesn't sound as sexy for those who are working in the gig economy, unless you're really towards the top. And then you have those who are employed, who have the security of having a job until some incompetent manager says, we don't need this person because I don't like the way they smile today. And, uh, and then we have self-employed. Again, that's really, really tough. Last year, the last two years, the self-employed, in terms of recorded earnings, they took home 225 pounds less uh, a week than their employed counterparts. And no holiday pay, no pension, and so on. It is tough. It is tough, friends. And on the other side, uh, the, this is where we begin to, to be asset-based, but equally, this is really, really challenging. So uh, 
2016, 650,000 new businesses started in the UK. 70% of those will be dead in three years. Some of those are our brothers and sisters in the vineyard movement and in the wider church. Could we not have been somewhere, somehow there for them early on to support them, to increase the likelihood of success? There's really, really good stuff out there, like, like this thing, the illusion of entrepreneurship. Really, really good, well-researched data around what makes things fail and increases the likelihood of success. Proverbs says, zeal without knowledge is no good. We need to think until we have brain ache about in these things. And um, you have something like this, where this guy runs a, um, um, an equity fund, of, uh, a private equity fund of about one and a half billion. And, uh, and what he does is he uses 10% of his time and 10% of his earnings to start entrepreneurial projects. Because his advice is don't jump yet until you have something you can land on. Those are some of the things we ought to be talking about in the church, helping each other. Because some of the failures can indeed be avoided. Um, so I'd like this to be as interactive as possible. Uh, I don't want to go through the, the whole hour. There's a, there's a lot of stuff we could cover together. Um, and some of the stuff is this, for example. Those are the things I have in the rest of the thing, which we do not have time to cover today. Okay? So, um, but I was talking to John and Debbie today. I was just saying, I'd really love for us in the vineyard to get as good with business planting as we are with church planting. So that actually we can, we, we, we can do the things that we ought to do. Um, so, any, any questions and, 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 and things to add? Please. Yes, yes. They, 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 they. No, no. <laughs> that, that is. But, but you know what? You know what? This, no, no. It is, sometimes it's both, actually. But, uh, but, but I was meaning the businesses. So thank you, thank you. That's, that's, no, no, that's, that's. And, and, and actually, you know. <laughs> that is, that's, that's, re I like that. That's really good. Um, but, and also in terms of definitions, what do we mean by entrepreneur? But the, the Oxford Dictionary defines entrepreneur as uh, someone who starts an, enterpr an enterprise and, and takes the financial risk for it. So, someone who started a, 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 a new startup and carries the financial risk for it. But people like Schupenter, and, 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 and I have some slides in here, and, and Draka tell us about where some, how to identify the gaps in the market for being able to start businesses. Those are some of the things we ought to be able to, to be thinking about. So um, when I was talking to John and Debbie today, I was just saying, they were saying, so what are you thinking? I was saying, well, I was thinking that uh, there is a, there's a myth out there which says that uh, there are a lot of entrepreneurial teams, entrepreneurial teams. Most entrepreneurs are single individuals, and that's one of the reasons they collapse. 
And, and I was saying to John and Debbie, wouldn't it be interesting if we could, uh, in the vineyard, encourage people to team up and, uh, and begin to screen and process some ideas, and we help them with tools for doing that, so that actually they don't take the risk before they've heard from people with bruised knees. And, uh, and, and, and then we, uh, those who've been there ahead of them provides for them a board they can't afford by way of hand-holding until the thing walks in its own right. But other comments, things to add. Uh, there's a lot of experience in the room here. Okay, no, no, we haven't touched. The question was, can a biblical case be made for being an entrepreneur? Uh, you might feel that the, the, the link is rather t uh, tenuous, but uh, he, he, let me have a go. Um, Peter Drucker, the late Drucker, says uh, knowledge is the basis of making money. Okay, ideas. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18 says, remember the Lord. And uh, this is not because God is insecure that we might not think about it. But it's because he wants us to seek first the kingdom of God, keeping first. Remember the Lord because it is he who gives you the power. Another translation says the ingenuity to create wealth. And, uh, and we need ideas that work. And in many of our solutions, there's an ingenuity gap. And so, um, so for me, I'm fascinated, for example, by the fact that in Genesis chapter 2, God says to Adam and Eve, uh, cultivate the land. In Isaiah, I think it's 28, uh, it says, it is God who teaches the farmer how to farm. And this was an agrarian uh, economy. So that was at the heart of the economy. So God is training the key economic actors how to contribute. And another one for me is that um, when I look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, which says, uh, um, God said, let there be vegetation. It became clear to me, I had never, I have never thought about how many categories of vegetation are there. So 350,000. And one of those is bamboo. And do you know how many commercial products are made from bamboo today? Guess, anybody? Just? Yeah? 1,000, just over 1,000. Uh, including bulletproof vests, beer, high-end high you know, clothing, and, uh, and, 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 and so on. And uh, hemp, over 2,000 commercial products. Groundnuts, uh, over 100 commercial applications that were discovered by George Washington Carver, the slave who became one of the most important agricultural economists and agriculturalists in, in the southern United States. And so, so to me, I think God is far more interested in value addition. And in Genesis chapter 2, it says, uh, in that place there's gold, uh, uh, aromatic resin, and, 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 and onyx. Three elements that are not much good in their found state. So immediately in the Bible, with a value addition being implied. So uh, I think God has left all kinds of things for us to discover. He didn't give us aeroplanes. He didn't give us chairs. He didn't give us houses. He gave us raw materials. Over here. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, we do the uh, Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. When we came at it from that angle, what yeah. could we possibly do to help them? Quite a few of us got in on the thing and retired. So we then started looking at social enterprises. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We've, done, we've got a cash of score a bit further forward than that. While we were looking, we were thinking about perhaps doing up old schools. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. Yes. You then this is being done in thirty different enterprises across the country. Um and we've sort of changed a bit made it a Christian enterprise. Wow. A charitable incorporated when we started. And all the things that you're talking about, we are now in the process of I love it. No, listen, I'm I'm in that group. I am sixty two. <clears throat> but I, I'm, I'm also aware. I'm also aware that retirement was invented by American economists as a convenience. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so to me, uh, I think there's something about how do we leverage all the stuff God has invested in us. Wonderful. And sounds like you're doing it as a, as a team. Yes, we've got trust. And I think, I think this... Well, you think you are. Yeah. <laughs> you, a, a, a friend of mine said retired actually should be spelled retired, as in the tires. But uh, thank you for sharing that. Did everyone get that question? How do you remain ethical around things like you know, national min minimum wage and so on, and living wage and all that? Let me, um, can you help me with, the, uh, with bringing that back here, please? Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> if you have, um, and it, it, bear with me, initially it will appear tangential. And, uh, but if you have a business idea, one of the problems with many businesses, they are asked to create a business plan before they are ready because they haven't modeled their business. And a business model tells us, how do we make money out of creating value for our customers? That's a key question that a business model. So one of the uh, things that I'd encourage you to do if you, are, if you are in business and you're thinking of business is when you have an idea, don't waste your time in the idea before you've modeled it. And one of the tools that's really, really effective for, for modeling is called the, has anyone come across the uh, business model canvas? Yeah, some have here. Very powerful tool. And um, Steve Blank at Stanford, and Stanford claims that he's created more billionaire uh, entrepreneurs than any planet on Earth, but who's to, who knows? 
And, uh, but, but he runs that program, and this is the thing he uses. It came out of a PhD piece of work by someone in Switzerland. So, um, it's called, so here's what you Google. If you, put, if, you Google, if you Google this, this phrase, Steve Blank, business model canvas, that whole phrase. Steve Blank, business model canvas. He will give you nine, five to nine minute tutorials around each of the business model uh, uh, aspects. And, uh, and, and just really, really helpful. I think it's, um, uh, for me, I've never been in mining before. And when I was, <laughs> I, I, there's always one, isn't there? <laughs> But, but when, when I was working with our team and we were working remotely and we were modeling the business, the others who had been in mining really helped me as we, uh, as we interactively worked with this. So uh, there are, what you will see on YouTube has nine elements to it, but I'm giving you 10 here. So uh, number one is what is your value proposition? The value proposition is around what are the problems or desires of the customer that you are providing an answer to. So what is your value proposition? And, uh, and then what are your customer segments? That presupposes you've done your market segmentation and, and, and study of the, of the market properly. You remember the thing in, 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 in Chronicles says, the sons of Issachar were people who knew the signs of the times and what Israel ought to do. We really, really need to be those who study the signs of the times. Otherwise, we are super spiritual and will fail. And, uh, and then, what are the channels? How do we reach them and how do they reach us? How do we deliver? And then what are the customer relationships? Customer relationships addresses three questions. How do we get customers? How do we grow customers? How do we retain customers? Um, and then here, what are our key activities? What is it that we do? What's the minimum activities that we do to deliver our value proposition to our customers? And what are our key resources? Here, what are, who are our key partners without whom we can't succeed? Okay? And then here, what is our cost structure? What is all of this going to cost us? And here, what's our revenue structure? So, um, <clears throat> is it, um, uh, it one-off? Uh, is it, um, um, do, do, are people paying um, a membership fee or whatever it is? And then in the middle here is what is our margin? Many people who are starting off in business are seduced by markup when they should be thinking about margin. And that can make you fail. 
So, uh, and in terms of margin, ideally, you need to be aiming for, any, some, for stuff north of 25%, 25 to 40%. That is really punishing, isn't it? So, what I'm suggesting, and, and then around here, of course, is what's happening in the, in, 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 the, in the business environment. So, my encouragement to you is don't waste any energy on any business idea before you've modeled it. Um, comments, questions, things to add? Back here. Um, <clears throat> no, and, and, and that's mainly because I, uh, what I'm doing has taken all my energy um, in terms of focus. And so uh, I have not been researching out there very much. I've been thinking, uh, how do I and my team remain faithful to the vision God has given us so that this thing doesn't kill over? And there are many times when our death has been ad announced as a business. Uh, so um, this is really, really hard stuff uh, because I, I have real problems with a lot of what's happening in the aid movement. So if you, if you read a book called The Poverty of Nations, uh, they do a, an amazing job, but uh, they are also, I think, disingenuous in what they leave out because they never anywhere discuss um, illicit outflows of finance. Um, but they talk about that if you are lucky, the money that gets through through aid is 20%. It's, 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 Billions. I mean, they give the example of Afghanistan, and then they generalize. Uh, it's cut off in Geneva, in London, in Paris, and, and so on. And uh, like, the, the, like, the, like the Red Cross in Haiti, uh, for $2 billion, they built 12 houses. Isn't that amazing? And, um, because it was just being sliced off. So to me, I think as, um, as God's people... As we think around this, we need to think. So, for example, one of the things uh, I, I've refused to celebrate is microfinance and microenterprise. Because it's like saying England got rich on the basis of farmers' markets. And uh, <clears throat> so, um, so here, one of the things that really made a change in Europe was that you may be aware of the Morgenthau plan, where on the base, trying to make sure what happened with Hitler did not happen again, the Allies tried to pastoralize Germany and stop it manufacturing. They were so scared by the, by the, by the modeling that came out of that, that's where the Marshall plan came out of. And, uh, and we are trying to use microfinance where we need our version of, micro, of Marshall plan. And, and, and I think there's something about, Lord, how do we think about these things? How do we pray about these things? Um, doesn't it say in Proverbs chapter 10, 
poverty is the ruin of the poor, whether it is the poor in the UK or the poor in other parts of the world. And that's not dignifying to the image of God in people. So, so I, 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 I'm ignorant. Not, not in Southern Africa, because it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think globally you may be right. But Southern Africa is the only region in the world where GDP has been going up and poverty has going, been going up. It's been going back. So, um, and places like South Korea, uh, it wasn't until they started taking manufacturing seriously. Taiwan, uh, with 80 million people, Taiwan uh, exports more light manufactured goods than all of sub-Saharan Africa's 800 million. So these things make a difference. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry's. Terry's, round trees. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, you're right. But also, I, I would suggest it's also because they had been rejected by society. Because they refused access to opportunities. And, uh, but, but, you know, I'd, but their thinking was not light touch, was it? Their thinking was quite robust, wasn't it, in terms of what it takes to make a difference. And uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's one of the areas, one of the few areas where we'd have businesses stretching back in nearly 100 years. And um, partly because of... And, and uh, the, uh, in Germany, the, the Mittelstadt, uh, the, there's a book called The, the Champion... Um, well, it'll come back to me, which is talking about how a core part of, to explain the German economy is the Mittelstadt. And it's not a million miles away from what the Quakers and others did, in terms of uh, at that level. And uh, uh, apprenticeship for the you know, long term. And, 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 uh, one one Mittelstadt uh, CEO was uh, heard to say, I need to manage this as though I'll be here for 100 years. Okay. Uh, so thank you. Uh, where does faith and belief come into this one? The Bible teaches us provision comes from the Lord. Um, and so the... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, 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 you're right, you're right. Very good question. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and chapter 6, uh, we are told, man shall not live by bread alone. But the same God who said that taught us to pray, give us this day, our daily bread. And in the Moffat translation, it says, give us this day our bread for tomorrow. And in Matthew 25, the same God who taught us that say, provide bread for your brothers and sisters. So to me, I think one of the things is the thing that we are warned in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and in James about the arrogance that comes with self-sufficiency. 
where, where we are warned to say, if you are wealthy in, the, in this world, be really, really careful you don't become arrogant and independent of the Lord. You then, because God gives you the idea, can choose where the resources are and how to build it, and it should be successful. But there are not many businesses where that will happen. And and I would suggest in there, there's something about God meant us to be a body. And, uh, and, and, And so I think when we hear from God in terms of what to do, our job of listening has only begun. I like. Because most people tell them they don't. Yeah. Because God gives you an idea which you plant in the ground, yeah. you look after it, it then grows in the tree, and then it produces fruit. Yeah, yeah. But my experience, I, I'm a serial entrepreneur yeah. and done lots of things, I can tell you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he wants to have his big car before he's actually made any money. I agree. Absolutely. And actually, it's a lack of wisdom, isn't it? And it, it borders on foolishness, actually, in the sense that... Um, uh, That's why I like the, the, the thing about the, the tree, you have to tender it. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 that's very good. How, how might you help with this burden that I'm feeling around how we might help entrepreneurs in the vineyard? Well, I think, so. I mean, entrepreneurs do need um, some shaping yeah. uh, and looking at ideas. I mean, basically, you can run any business. If someone else is running a business and doing well out of it, there's no reason why you can't. As long as you've got financial resources, Yeah, yeah. But, but his inspiration there was from watching a sawmill. Yeah, but he's got a vision for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. But in terms of, uh, yeah, and I think it is, a, I think a lot of people fail because of wrong understanding. Yeah. But I do believe that faith is very important. No, I agree with you. But that's one of the things we would need to teach, isn't it? Uh, listening to the voice of God yeah. and, and, and hearing the voice of God and listening to each other. Yeah. And, uh... and you asked about support for entrepreneurs, yeah. which is really, really worth it. Wonderful. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And Julia, if you could 
leave your name here so that then whoever has been uh, looking after this seminar can make it available. This is wonderful. We need resources. We need each other. And, uh, and we, we need these things written up as uh, encouraging case studies. And... Um, Yeah. Sign up their email and yeah, 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 we need to find ways beyond offerings of being able to afford the dreams God. I mean, one of the things that inspires me in the Bible is the guy who supported King David when he was running away from uh, Absalom. And, and I estimate that King David would have had about 3,000 people. How does one person and two of his friends have enough money to support 3,000 people for, say, three months? And, uh, and, and he was 80 at this stage. We don't know how he uh, built his wealth. Nehemiah. How does someone uh, with, you know, with go, forego his salary as a governor for so many years and still be able to give interest-free loans to his people and buy back his people, as in chapter 5 of Nehemiah? Daniel, towards the end of Daniel, Daniel, we know him as a minor prophet, but actually he was a wealth manager. In chapter 6 and verses 1 and 2, it says, the job is so that the king might not suffer loss. And towards the end of chapter 6, it says, and Daniel became very wealthy under these two people. And the only case we have in human history of a single person who had been at the top of two successive empires. So we, we have forebears in the scriptures who've done this stuff before. So, so if, you, if, you, if, you, if you want to explore ways of, uh, of, of, of doing something in this, yeah, please do put your, your, your email here and we'll, we'll, we'll just begin to uh, think about what that might uh, look like. When we started, we did look at every model. Yeah. Uh, we looked at social enterprise, we looked at companies, charitable, incorporated, bodies, and all that's right. And going back to our friend's comment here, we also looked at the parable of the talents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which says that what, what you have, then you should use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I and my suggestion would be maybe one of the reasons you succeeded is because of your background. Uh, I I was. Two involvements that I've had in this space is when the social enterprise uh, movement started in the Midlands, I was asked to, to help with that. And my view is that many failed because they're more social than enterprise. And, uh, and, and also, uh, there's a report on the internet called the Ownership Commission Report, where nine of us, uh, the, the, the chairman of uh, uh, John Lewis, the uh, chairman of uh, the CBI and others, nine of us were tasked by the government to spend two years studying forms of ownership of our businesses in the UK and how to help them contribute towards uh, the economy. 
and, uh, and, 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 and the report of that you know, might be worth looking at. Um, so, so to me, I would suggest part of it is as much to do with your DNA as it is to, yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And how, how, much do you, how much are you able to pray into that, to go back to what, what we, to, to actually pray, asking God to shape the yeah. new realities? We, we've already got the top, for example, what we need. Okay. Um, but we're praying to start up, hopefully, in the next few months. Uh, Wonderful. We've also got, going back to that, that model, we've got a previous business plan based on a lot of that. But the important one we've found is we're not just doing it as a vineyard thing, we're going to get support from richer churches. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they're really keen to get support. Brilliant. So, um, Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I've refused money on the Africa thing because one of the things I'm involved with is called the Global China Business Meeting, where 300 CEOs from China meet in, in Europe, in a European capital, with uh, CEOs from the, from the Western government every year. And, and someone uh, in a seminar I was running said, uh, we, we have money that's always looking for projects. Um, and, uh, and, and they said, how much are you looking for? I said, I'd like five million to start with. I said, I want to help small-scale miners uh, turn their licenses into bankable wealth. And they said, no, no problem. He says, it has to be five million for due diligence reasons. And I said, so where will the equipment be coming from? They said, China. Where will the advisors be coming from? China. Where will the parts be coming from? China. I said, so I don't think we'll be doing it then. So it was really interesting to be offered five million and say no to it. And, and so to me, I would say be very careful about money. Money changes people once you've signed. And it's not always for the good. Mm-hmm. In terms of an idea, right? Number two, <clears throat> uh, how do you do the financial modeling? Mm-hmm. Number three, what type of enterprise should it be? Um, and then fourthly, um, if you look at the full sphere of different types of businesses, having a network of people with expertise and resources and comms and mm. marketing and all of that kind of thing, so that would be enormous. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be really helpful to me, those kind of four So, say them again. So, first of all, how do you recognize the voice of God? Yeah. Particularly in this particular arena. Yeah. Secondly, how do you do the financial modeling yeah. that you have there? Thirdly, how do you choose what type of business it should be? Yeah. And then, fourthly, what kind of advice can you get in terms of the sphere you want to operate? So, on the third point, I would say the points coming out of Draca and the Schumpeter can be really helpful. Let me, uh, so you see that? Um, we, we, we don't have time to do all of this. I just wanted to show you. So uh, there is that. Yeah, I can do that. And uh, so let me show you Drucker here. Um, where are we? So, so, you, so there are the, there's a taxonomy of, uh, of innovation because uh, Innovation is doing something which hasn't been done here before. It's not just about doing something new. It might have been done somewhere else, but if we, it hasn't been done here before, it's innovation. And um, so I want to find Drucker for you. Uh, yeah, there's Drucker. Uh, so he talks about 
Uh, yeah. So Draka talks about unexpected events, incongruities, process needs, uh, demographics, and so on. And, uh, and, and, and so when, when you put together Draka and Schupenter, uh, you begin to have a really useful starting place around what, what problems do we want to solve in society and get paid for it? Okay? So uh, let's take one more and then we finish. And then I'd like to pray. Oh, I was going to show you this guy, a Welshman who went uh, across to... Uh, is anyone aware of uh, Michael Moritz? Yeah. He, he's, he invested in Apple in the early days and other big players like that. And uh, he's made a ton. And, uh, and so I was looking at uh, his list of what makes an entrepreneur bank, uh, uh, investable. And uh, when I was looking at his list, I thought, I can actually find biblical uh, stories and principles you know, for this. So that was really interesting to do. So uh, let's have one more, and then we pray and go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I know Kim. No, it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Can you please write that on here before you go? That But you see, I think, to me, that's part of us obeying Matthew 25. You saw me in prison and you visited me. It wasn't just being there. It was actually transforming the opportunities of the first. Yeah. So, okay, thank you very much. Thank you, uh, everybody. And uh, I, I, so I encourage you to, uh, to, to, to list your, e your email addresses and, 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 and your names here, and we'll, we'll, we'll circulate and, and tell you what what we're thinking about how to help uh, in, our, uh, in our movement um, because uh, we, we are celebrating wealthy people and entrepreneurs who've already made it. But what about us also making entrepreneurs? Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that your interest in your world is multidimensional and all-dimensional. 
And I thank you for the dreams you've planted in hearts here. I thank you for the stories of success that we have in this room. And I thank you for the future stories that you've planted in these hearts. Father, help us. We want to bring you glory. We want to understand you and your purpose for us on this piece of land called earth uh, so that we can seek first the kingdom of God and bring glory to him because of Jesus. Amen.